Thank you for joining us as we journey through the 23rd Psalm, a series of reflections revealing God as our shepherd. Today is day 12 on our journey, and we have Alicia Call guiding us through our reflection together. Our hope and prayer is that you experience Jesus in a new, real, and life-changing way. Day 12, for his name's sake. Psalm 23, 3b. David states that God leads us on the right paths for the sake of his, God's name. The meaning of this phrase is a bit obtuse. God benefits from our following of him on right paths because we accomplish his work. Another benefit to God is that he loves us and delights in seeing us thrive. But why the phrase, for his name's sake? It may be a matter of reputation. As a child, I was taught that my behavior reflected on our family, how we were perceived in the community. During my sophomore year of high school, I got into some trouble and was expelled. We lived in a small town where there were no secrets. To make matters worse, my mother had just been elected to the school board. My behavior reflected badly on her and our family's good name. Unfair or not, my behavior said something to others about the kind of mother I had. To a considerable extent, God's reputation is derived from those who claim to believe in Him, to know and follow Him. The actions and attitudes of God's children say something about who He is as their Father. That is why the charge of hypocrisy is so damaging. Actions do speak louder than words. An atheist once stated that the biggest argument against Christianity were Christians. When our way of living does not reflect the nature of God, then his true nature becomes veiled and his reputation soiled. God is either revealed or concealed by how we live. This may or may not be what David had in mind, but the thought of God's reputation can be found throughout the Bible. The writer of Psalm 115 puts it this way, Not to us, Lord, Not to us, but to your name be the glory, because of your love and faithfulness. Psalm 115, 1. Both Moses and Joshua expressed concern for God's reputation. When Israel was on the brink of destruction at Mount Sinai due to their rebellion, Moses pleads with God. Why should the Egyptians say, it was with evil intent that he brought them out, to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Exodus 32, 12. When Joshua, the leader of Israel after Moses, led them into the land promised to them, they turned away from God and were routed by their enemies. Joshua reasons with God. The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? Joshua 7, 9. In both cases, the destruction of God's people would have opened the door to the slander of the name of God because his failure to love and protect his people. Like it or not, as people of faith, how we behave or misbehave points to God himself. Jesus noted this, stating that the validity of the gospel message was inseparably woven into the conduct of Jesus' followers. A new command I give you, love one another, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. John 13, 34 through 35. Let's go back to the sheep and the shepherd. 
a shepherd who does not lead his sheep well, a shepherd who does not protect his flock from predators, who does not nourish and provide water for them, would be regarded as a really bad shepherd. Jesus contrasted a hired hand with a shepherd. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. John 10, 12 through 13. By contrast, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as a father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. John 13, 14 through 15. When David found himself in deep trouble, likely when Saul was in murderous pursuit of him, he cried out to God for help. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Psalm 31, one through two. And then he added, since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Psalm 31, three. As others observe his flock being well led and cared for, God himself is revealed and his name glorified. Perhaps all of this is what David had in mind when using the phrase, for his name's sake. When it comes to actual sheep and shepherds, the condition of the flock reveals a great deal about the character and nature of the shepherd. Let's consider what our lives, attitudes, and behaviors might reveal to observers about our shepherd. As we think about the ground we have covered so far in Psalm 23, let's ask ourselves the following questions. Am I content or full of wants? Am I rested or living in a state of anxious exhaustion? Am I experiencing quiet and stillness in my life or constant distraction and restlessness? What is the condition of my soul? Wholeness or fragmentation? Am I walking down the right paths with eyes on the shepherd or wandering off following my own ways? As you take inventory, don't allow your answers to lead you to a place of shame. Listen for the voice of your shepherd and follow him. Do it for yourself. This is where you will experience the greatest joy in life and do it for his name. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've experienced Jesus in a new, real, and life-changing way. If you would like to watch one of our services, join a group, or explore ways to serve, please visit kensingtonchurch.org. The Psalm 23 devotional was written by Craig Mays and read by various members of the Kensington Church staff. We have physical copies at all of our locations, as well as a digital and audio versions at kensingtonchurch.org slash Psalm 23.